Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. Welcome to 15-Minute Film Fanatics, the podcast in which two friends and lifelong film fans discuss movies they love but have never talked about before. This week, our movie is 1953's Singing in the Rain. Dan, it's such a classic. Go. Um, you know, it's funny that everyone has this film practically memorized. We've never actually had a conversation about it, hence the podcast. When I watched it again for today, something that struck me was I kept thinking, what makes this different? Because although Hollywood musicals have a great, um, a great uh, street cred, you could say, and a great nostalgia value for film geeks, there's a lot of them that are really, really bad, I think. A lot of them, um, they're nice in the idea, but, but they're not fun to sit through. And I know this is heresy, but but I think movies like Oklahoma and My Fair Lady, Guys and Dolls, West Side Story, The Sound of Music, which is one of my wife's favorite movies, like, you know, they're nice in, in theory, but to have to sit through them is a different thing. And I love all those plays. I love all those. I love all the music. I think Oklahoma is like the greatest musical of all time. I love the music from Guys and Dolls. I've seen the Broadway revivals. They're great. But on film, they usually seem so plodding. Um, but Singing in the Rain is different. So I was trying to think about what makes Singing in the Rain different. Yeah, so I will tell you one thing uh, that that struck me, which is uh, one of the producers, um, Arthur Freed. These are all songs written by him and his yeah. his team, but none of the uh, none of the songs were written for the film. So part of where it comes from was, I think, an attempt to monetize uh, some of the back catalog and have fun with some of the back catalog uh, catalog of songs that they'd already written. Uh, yep. So that seems a very pedestrian beginning for i think a film that is so full of joy you know i agree with you yeah 90 except that i love sitting through my fair lady i would sit through my fair lady all really time. and i think um i think hello dolly is a really good uh, musical film i enjoy that really one. yeah i, I enjoy that's that one start to finish but that's um, funny you know who you know who they were you know who was supposed to play rex harrison's part right no carrie grant really and Cary Grant said, if you don't get Rex Harrison to play it, uh, I won't even see it. <laughs> yeah, that's my little <laughs> that's fun a, fact. That's yeah. a great line. But I think <laughs> as much as I love Cary Grant, that would have ruined the film. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Make Him Laugh was an original song for this film. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. No. Because right, I think Gene fine. Kelly wanted, Gene Kelly wanted um, Donald O'Connor to have something to do. And that's how he ended up making make up. But yeah, it's, it's basically like a mixtape right. of, <laughs> of songs that they had laying around. And, so, and then they had to figure out how to string them together. And, they, and not only did they do that, but they did it with like the greatest plot. I mean, ever. So I kept thinking about like what made it different. And, one, and you're right. You said the word joyful. And it is. It's absolutely joyful. You, when you watch Oklahoma, you're waiting for the songs. You're, where's the next song? Where's the next song? Where's the next song? And that's really all a musical is, is, is an excuse to have all these great songs. And I think that this movie does it in a way that other ones don't. And plus, you have to love the whole self-reflexive thing. Like, it's a movie about movies. Like, I love that. Yeah, of, of course. And I, a lot of the humor, uh, especially if you're tuned in to the studio production of the time, uh, is really funny. Um, but to your, to your point, one thing that really struck me is, of course, musicals like Oklahoma and a lot of the ones that you mentioned come out of reviews. They come out of vaudeville, you know, just stringing right. string songs mm -hmm. together. And then, of course, the, the formal innovation of something like Oklahoma is to have the songs be spontaneous overflow of emotion uh, right. out of characters where they enter a different universe and the music swells and it's, you know, is it diegetic or non-diegetic and where is it coming from? Um, but Singing in the Rain says that I don't care about any of that. It's just, it's great moments that are all strung along. But as you said, um, you know, you could imagine something like a lot of Singing in the Rain making a really good play. Yeah, yeah. And I've actually seen the play version of it too, like after the movie obviously was famous. But, you know, it's funny what you said about um, the spontaneous overflow when you want to get all, when you want to get words worthy in on our audience out there, you know. Um, but that, I think that Singing in the Rain does that really well because I think where all the songs are placed, I mean, except for like when she sings like, um, all I do the whole night through is dream of you mm -hmm. when she pops out of the cake and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of the great songs really are spontaneous. Like, like the song singing in the rain 
like you believe that that's completely spontaneous and genuine when he sings that. Yeah, absolutely. And so for me, and I just said I love My Fair Lady, but this is an interesting difference. Um, my, you know, there's the two songs are very similar, right? Uh, which is uh, On the Street Where You Live and Sing in the Rain. It's like, right. It, um, but the one is very classical uh, Broadway brought to the screen. And the other is something that you can only do on the screen. You know? Yeah. I mean, now, some, of course, somebody will say, no, they're going to revive, you know, Singing in the Rain. They're going to make it rain on stage or what, whatever. And I'm sure for various uh, uh, yeah, union, related, cool. you know, union related <laughs> reasons uh, and people breaking their neck, they will not. But uh, the, the movie does a lot of things that only movies can do. Uh, and, that's a and great that, point. And that's one of them. That's a great point. When you see that, when you see the the film of Oklahoma, it's basically them trying to film the play, but they just have like better landscapes and more horses. Right. <laughs> but but but, the, but this one, that's a great point. Is that really? And it's funny because I have seen the Broadway revival of Singing in the Rain, and you know the guy that played Cosmo really did run up the wall, right? And it really did rain on stage. It was really really cool, but it was only cool because like you wanted to see if they can do it. I'm like, wow, they were going to make it rain on stage. How do they work the drainage out and stuff? But when the, when it rains in the movie, like you don't you don't think of that when you watch a movie. Well, and there's no better well no i'm gonna stick with it there's there's no better on-screen dancer than gene kelly i'm standing by gene kelly all of gene kelly's limbs seem to move independently of one another (laughs) his body seems to move independently of his head and i i don't i don't know any anything better than that and just like everybody else i mean he makes it look how easy does he make that look yes I mean, he makes it look like, oh, you just, you just, you just get up there and, and, you know, like when you think about the, the 5,000 takes they did to film Good Morning, right. which for me is like the highlight of the movie, you know, and I, I read somewhere like it took like, you know, uh, 50 takes to get them to, to tip the couch the right good, way and things like that. Good, good morning um, is my moment, so don't steal it. I won't. All right, well, let's move. We'll, we'll take a pause here and then we'll move on to our favorite Sounds moments. Good. We're going to pause here because we just want to tell you something. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. The first point is it's free. Yeah. Second, they have all the tools that you need to create, record, and edit your podcast right on your phone or your laptop. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other places. You pick up sponsorships, you can make money from your podcast, and there's no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Always be closing, Mike. Always be closing. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, welcome back. In segment two, we always like to talk about our favorite scene or our favorite moment or our favorite line. But of course, for Singing in the Rain, we'll have to talk about our favorite song. So, Mike, uh, what's your favorite? It's Good Morning. Uh, Obviously, this is, to a lot of people, the highlight of the film or the most iconic moment of the film. Somehow even more iconic than uh, uh, than the actual uh, singing in the rain part. I know that this was a favorite of, uh, I studied a, a lot of films of Fr- uh, Francois Truffaut uh, in college uh, who absolutely loved this film and was bananas about that scene in particular uh, as well, because as he, as most French people are, are a fan of any uh, American anarchic comedy, um, that is like, that is anarchic comedy brought to, uh, brought to music in its highest form. I think that the, the dance breakdown where they each interpret uh, the refrain differently and, and they mm-hmm. start to actually dance with their raincoats from singing in the rain right. uh, is an incomparable moment. You know, I defy you to get a better musical number um, and, a, and yeah. a more spontaneous, joyful musical number. Uh, than it, that. it encapsulates the joy of the movie, right? I mean, it's like, like if you want to talk, if you want to see what happiness is on a screen yes. and if you want to know why people like to go to the movies, like that's it. That's your seven minutes of why people love the yes. movies. <laughs> so my moment was um, when um, Don sings "You Were Meant for Me," mm-hmm. 
to Kathy. And what the reason I love that so much is because it's such a great meta moment. Like, I love the fact that only by artificial means can he say what he really feels. <laughs> like, I just think that's so awesome because first of all, he's as, he's as like good looking and as like graceful as Gene Kelly. And even he is tongue tied because Debbie Reynolds is, is so right. cute and that he has to go in there and he has to put the fan on and like get the fog machine going and the lights. <laughs> and then she goes up, remember that whole thing? She goes up on the ladder. And I, I just think that's such a great moment. And I think that's so human because you know, we can only a lot of times rely upon artifice to really convey what we really feel, right? Like ask it like a 14 year old, what it's like to, to, to fall head over heels in love with somebody. And they, they can't articulate it, but, but they could say, well, I read Romeo and Juliet. And it's like that, yes. <laughs> you know, or what's it like to feel like, you know, um, that everyone around you is an idiot. Like, well, I, I can't say it, but I, I, but Hamlet feels like that, you know, like, and I just think that um, it's great. And it's great for so many reasons, because not only is this like the greatest movie about movies, but I think that that moment um, is so sincere. Like when yeah. he sings it to her, like you totally believe it. And uh, it's, it's, it's all artificial because you're watching people in a, in a movie that's about making a movie like this. There's, there's 10,000 layers to the thing. It's like, it's like watching primer and try to figure out where the time. Yeah, well, goes. to your point, I, I even think that moments like that are more genuine than in other musicals where they're supposed to be genuine. Like I'm, I'm buying, <laughs> I'm buying Don's moment more than Rex Harrison doing. I've grown accustomed to her face, even though, even totally. though the song itself is supposed to be clever. But to your point, there's a structural cleverness uh, uh, about right. this that actually clears the way for, for emotion. Yeah, because I think a lot of times for a lot of us, I mean, we've talked about this before um, off the podcast, like there are characters, there are literary characters and film characters that seem more real to us than like people yes. we know. <laughs> you know, like I, like I know George Bailey and uh, Don Corleone <laughs> and Ethan Edwards and Rick Blaine and Ilsa. Like I know those people better and I know what they would do in different situations that aren't in the movie. Like more than I know what like some of my, some, some of my, uh, you know, extended family. Would do. I, I'm not sure I want to know George Bailey, but I think that that's a different episode. <laughs> oh God, here we go again. All right. And I also think, you know, what's great is that also it's hilarious that when you read about this film is that when the, um, when they raise the curtain at the end and show that Kathy's really singing, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you know, in real life, um, Lena, you know, that wasn't that the actress that real, her voice wasn't right. that annoying. So it, she was pretending to have that annoying voice. Well, right. And then, so she dubbed herself and then you have her dubbing it in. So there's like these, these all these concentric circles that you kind of get lost in when yeah, you watch the movie. I was thinking that exactly that she was, she was nominated for best supporting actress. Uh, she was a, yeah. a good enough actress to get nominated for best supporting actress for, to play a terrible <laughs> actress. <laughs> Right, right, exactly, exactly, and so uh, it, it's just it's it's just a, a beautiful thing about the movies and about how we respond. To them. Um, yeah. All right, I'll see you in segment Let's... three. Unless you have another thing about Good Morning or No, it's perfect. Just watch. Yeah, good. Just watch it. It's better than it. Anything. Just I watch say. it. All right. All right. We'll come back in segment three and talk about the ending. Okay. Welcome back. So in our third segment, we typically talk about the ending or the title or the big takeaways from the film. Dan, I know you had something that you wanted to kick it off with. So mine continues from from the song that we just talked about um, when when Don sings "You Were Meant for Me" to Kathy. I think it's of course great that the name of the film they make at the end Singing is in the rain. "Singing in the Rain," right? So how perfect is that that you're watching a film called "Singing in the Rain" about the creation of a of a different movie called "Singing in the Rain," and it all makes perfect sense. And I think that it's great that that writers and directors and film companies spend. Now we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars to convince you <laughs> that the thing you're watching is real and that you're not watching a movie. So like, you know, you go to see a movie, you pay for Dolby sound, uh, you're in the recliner, you everything you can do 
to convince you that what you're seeing on that screen is real. Like, this is not a movie. This is really happening. We have the best CGI in the world. But then you watch this, and the movie's constantly winking at you. But it does it without being um, ironic or smart. It is, it is ironic. It's playfully ironic. But it's never um, smart-assed or, or nastily. No, no the, the, the film enjoys films and knows that you enjoy yes. films, too. Like there's, there's that great scene in the opening where everybody's coming down the red carpet, which is, which is hilarious. And the, the woman is yes. like, is doing the variety blurbs about everybody as they come down. Um, right. My, one of my favorite moments in the, in the film uh, and something uh, that I've never noticed is how great it is when he yells, um, stop that woman. And you know, when, when, when she's she, a real star when, in the movie, which she, when she runs away, um, uh, yeah. stop that woman. And then everybody stops her and she turns around and look at each other. Uh, it's, it's beautiful, but, um, try to imagine a film made in 2020 where somebody says stop that woman uh, and, she, and the, the crowd actually manages to stop her and there's not like a big chase through New York you know, or through, through Los Angeles you know and he, he finally yeah. stops her at the airport or something he's stop that woman and then he gets her yeah yeah yeah, that's yeah. great. I mean, that's a that's a great point, and it's also it's funny we said about the red carpet because well, I kept thinking when I watched it again, it's like, well, that's like the Twitterverse today, <laughs> you know. And it's great. I love I love that in the beginning, Kathy uh, assumes she puts on her fake act of superiority to Don, and says that you know nobody, no, I don't follow this trash and all this yeah. gossip. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so, of course, that is everybody who's on Twitter, including us, right? Everybody who uses Instagram, everyone has to disparage it. Like nobody ever says they love going on Twitter. They love Facebook. They love they love Instagram. They're always like, well, I just use it for you know. I just want to see you know what my cousins are doing. It's a it's a good way to stay in touch. And then they're they're like, oh my god, I can't believe what J Lo said about Trump or something. So um, I think that I think that the movie's right on about that. And also, your great thing about how much it enjoys films. Have you ever seen the um the YouTube show um no. Citizens? It's like the it's, it's terrific. It's it's these these guys um go through famous movies and they clock all the mistakes in the plot and all the mistakes in continuity. There's a lot of really funny ones. And um, the funniest comment I ever saw in one of them was they did The Wizard of Oz. And um, somebody at the bottom wrote this like screed saying, this is terrible what they're doing to this movie. It's a beloved piece of Hollywood history. And, blah, blah. and what they missed was that, no, the people that, love, that run the show yeah, love movies. Yeah, they love movies. Like We love it when we find mistakes in movies because that means we've seen it. Well, you know what's times. amazing? I, you, could, you could tell me that Singing in the Rain has a hundred things wrong with it. And a hundred plot holes, I wouldn't care. <laughs> but the biggest, the biggest yeah, plot really. hole in in the rain is that the, the guy who plays the producer RF sings as well as Gene Kelly. If you go, if you go back and watch this movie, I only noticed it this time. But he sings three or four times, but in like a beautiful baritone that makes every other man in, in this entire movie, you know, sound like a screech from Saved by the Bell. And you know, and he could have just That's easily great. stepped into, but like, you don't want to make this movie fine no problem i'll make the talkie <laughs> myself and and then there's no movie uh you know but of, of course of course he doesn't but he could have watch it again you'll see what i mean that's great plot holes that's singing in the rain that rf has a but you could you could have you could have told me that like... but i wouldn't care right right and it's great because you, you're because you're so carried away in the movies and you know another thing i just realized it's funny about like screech from saved by the bell that's brilliant another thing i just realized is um you know the whole thing about the artifice is that apparently i read i think i read in Debbie Reynolds's book years ago that, you know, she was only 19, which is, which is, you know, mind blowing that she's only 19 years that. old, this movie, but yeah, it's like she, um, it was her first time she ever danced. It was the first time she ever did it. She had to work with Gene Kelly. And apparently um, Gene Kelly was a real tyrant in, in the best way when he made the movie. And he was kind of like, you know, do it again, do it again, do it again. He was like, you know, like, uh, you know, it was like Fosse and Verdon or something. Um, but uh, apparently, but it never comes across no. on the screen. 
like on the screen, he is Don Lockwood, which is of course a part of the whole the point the whole um, fun of the movie is that we believe that the people on screen are like that off screen, and we know better, but we still you, believe it. You find it hard to believe that God would allow anybody to dance like that who was a jerk, but of course, but of course, <laughs> yeah, I they probably can. Um, but can you can you imagine yeah. if the first time you were dancing on screen in front of the nation next yeah. to Gene Kelly was to do the stuff from Good Morning? Yeah. I, it's 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 just crazy, but it all it all comes out there. It's all you know, like um, like somebody said, you know, you put up on the screen. I think it was John Houston said, "The thing happens." You put up on the screen, mm-hmm. and the thing happens, and it certainly happens here. So, if you haven't seen Singing in the Rain out there, please go see it. But before you see it, make sure that you like us, <laughs> you follow us, um, like us on uh, on Apple um, iTunes, and um, and follow us the show, and leave us a rating, and follow us on uh, Twitter at. 15 minute film at one five M I N film and let us know what you want to do next. We're not like this off the podcast either, but thank you so much for listening.